We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Loudmouth Podcast. I'm your host, Madison Hadler, but today I have a very special guest, Sienna McLean, with me. And Sienna and I met in college. Uh, We were in the same sorority. She actually ran recruitment the year that I went through. And when I tell you, Sienna is just full of fun and full of force. It's truly so amazing how she can come into a room and command a room and command respect. She's just really cool. Um, I remember being kind of terrified of her, but like in a good way, like in a, wow, she's a really empowered woman and I'm a little bit uh, nervous to be around her because she'll probably call out something that I do that is wrong, (laughs) but in the best way possible. So I'm so excited to have her on and I actually have her on because she, during the election and just during, you know, this past year during the pandemic has always been posting things about the media bias chart with news, uh, news outlets and things like that. And it's just always so interesting because I don't really, it's not something that I think about when I'm reading the news, which is, it's definitely something I should. And this episode really made me realize that, but she's just so smart and she studied applied statistics and works for, um, works she'll explain all this, but she works for CEO optimization and things like that, looking into what people want to search and what people want to look at. And so she knows a lot about media bias and kind of talks about in this episode, she gives some sources that she used that she loves to use and is usually non-biased. So I hope that you guys enjoy her as much as I do. Um, yeah, so enjoy. If you want to start off by just saying who you are, what you do, your interests, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So my name is Sienna McLean. I am a user experience researcher for a um, user or a UX firm in Kansas City. And um, UX stands for user experience. Um, So what I do is I research human behavior and their interactions with websites and applications and basically what are the motivators and um, behind people's actions in a digital space. Like why are they clicking on what they click and kind of the psychology behind anything digital. But yeah, so that's like in a a really vague nutshell what (laughs) I do. Um, But yeah, like you mentioned, I'm very passionate about media bias and I think especially in the like digital era that we are currently in, um, it's very difficult to find 
um, news sources that we can trust. And we all kind of have different definitions on what trust means in, in media. And that's um, just, just something very phenomenal about the human race is we all know when there's no collective truth to anything. Um, and there's really, you know, we, we fact check things all the time, but you know, there's so, it's such a gray area and yeah. it's not as cut and dry as, as we think. Although, you know, when you go on social media and you see everything people post, um, the way that people speak about the news and the events going on in the world, um, it just seems so black and white the way people portray it. And it's just really not that black and white. There's so much more to it. Um, to be critical thinkers and really think things through. Yeah. That we read and digest. So, yeah. I mean, I've got lots of other interests, <laughs> hobbies, but I don't need to go into that. Wine being one of them. So, yeah, you majored in psychology at Drury, mm -hmm. right? And then yeah. after, what did you go to grad school for specifically? Yeah. So, I went to grad school in Colorado after graduating from Drury um, with my psychology degree, and I studied applied statistics and research methods. Um, which is a mouthful. And whenever I say that, everyone's like, okay, crazy. Like, what, what is that? And why would you ever want to do that? Um, but yeah, so I, I just kind of studied the, the real life application of statistics and the many different ways that we can research. Um, my focus was obviously on people. I mean, I had a psychology background, so I studied mostly, um, human beings, whereas a lot of, you know, my other peers in my classes studied other things. So whenever you graduated from grad school, mm -hmm. is what you're doing now kind of what you pictured you would be doing? Or did you have something else? Okay, so like my career quest was very, um, very different, I guess, than the way I'd always planned it and I'm a big career planner I'm like that kind of person who has a five-year plan or in a 10-year plan and a 20-year plan like I I love that but my my career path so far has not ever gone to plan um and that's never like been an issue for me for being such a planner I've always like really just kind of accepted what's been thrown at me and like worked with it even though it went against my plan you know you just pivot and you adjust um so now what I'm doing is absolutely what I when I graduated with my um from grad school I this is exactly what I wanted to be doing I wanted to be a UX researcher but it wasn't until my like all second to last semester in grad school that I realized this is what I wanted to do I thought I wanted to go into um policy research until I had a peer in one of my classes pull me aside who he actually owned a UX firm in boulder colorado and he said hey like you should look into this career um it's like right up your alley like everything that you've been studying in class kind of um goes right along with it and you'd be really good at it and i was like what the hell is us <laughs> like i've never heard that word in my life people actually do that like there are people out there who study like humans you and how they interact with websites i'm like that is so sneaky like that's <laughs> awful and so um yeah, so that's when I learned about it and I did more research. I was like, man, I like that. It pays better than where I was wanting. <laughs> you know, I was originally planning on going and um, and it was really interesting. So that's when I, I kind of, um, you know, adjusted my 5, 10, 20 year plan to 
be that because it seemed really, really interesting and like right up the alley of what I wanted to do. So. Yeah. Okay. So getting into news, bias, all that stuff, when, I mean, I know it's just like a thing that came naturally, but when do you feel like a point when you're like, this is like, you got passionate about it or you know I it. give a shit about? Yeah. Well, so you remember, you know, that like media bias chart, like always that I always post mm-hmm. about it goes around viral. So when that first started going um, viral around the 2016 election, that's when I really started um, getting into it. And I saw that chart and I was like, how do they determine? And I was like, this is like, I first of all, I was like, this is a load of crap. Like how, how can someone objectively measure this? Like the, how do you objectively measure bias? Because one of the things that I studied in grad school was bias, not in the context of, of media, but it was how to control it when studying human behavior, because that's a huge thing in research. And people will read a scientific article and think of it's, it's fact because it's a reliable source from a journal or a, um, something like that. And, you know, it's not. Um, if you understand research methodology, you realize that um, you have to be a research methodologist to do research mm-hmm. um, ethically and morally because we have biases that we carry with us throughout life that you very difficult to control for. So that when I was in grad school, bias was something that I studied a lot. I did a lot of research on bias, not in the te- context of media. But when the election happened, I in that, that first the first election. <laughs> I <called laughs> election because everything went to shit afterwards yeah but um that was when I I realized like whoa like that is people other people are thinking about bias but in this context it was a new application of bias that I had never really seen before and it really interested me at first I was a skeptic and then I started looking into it more and more and that um company that does that media bias chart is I started following the, the founder because when that media bias chart came out, there was just one woman running the show there. Mm-hmm. And I did, I looked her up and I started following her and I became like her number one fan. <laughs> and I was like always looking at the media bias chart that got um, released. Like they usually do it like once a month. Now they do, they didn't used to do it that often, um, but now they do one at least once a month. And during the, this past election, they did a lot. They did it even more often. But that's when I really started to get into it was um, went in 2016. Okay. So whenever you're looking at that chart, make it in like layman's terms, mm-hmm. but what kind of, I guess the word is like variables go into measuring that bias? So there's all, there's so many different things that, um, I know the one company, but there's other companies that do this too. And everyone kind of has their own methodology to how they, um, how they rate it and how they measure, how they measure bias. And so the, the variables that, that most of them look for and have in common is um, tone of voice. So are, are they using a lot of um, unnecessary adjectives to describe an event? Are they like, when you read an article and you, can you can go through and you see adjective after adjective. If you're reporting the news and you're reporting something that happened, objective descriptions of what happened will not have adjectives because adjectives are usually subjective. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so um, amount of adjectives is, is a, a variable that they look at. Um, images used, if it's an actual image from the event, <laughs> surprise, how, like, I, I don't know the exact number, but um, news, article, like a lot of news companies don't use images from that actual event. They'll, I mean, you'll see it all the time. You'll see like the, I'm trying, the OG graphic, which is the graphic that shows up on when you share a news article on um, social media, like during the entire election, I mean, it would be like a terrible orange picture of Donald Trump. <laughs> and it's like, it's funny, it's Donald yeah, Trump, yeah. Favorite, but it's not an image from the actual event. They're using yeah. like the same really crappy images of Donald Trump because there's an underlying bias there. Mm-hmm. But most people don't recognize that at first. Um, another variable that they measure is like, how often does that news, if they're rating a news, the news um, station or news company um, as a whole and not at an article level, so at a higher level, at a higher company level, they'll look at how often they retract statements. So, which retracting statements is actually like a good thing. So mm-hmm. it actually um, clues in that they have lower bias. So they'll score better if they retract statements because they're willing to go back and accept when they're wrong and publicly announce when they're wrong. So they'll go, you'll see articles that say, you know, at the top, they'll maybe have it in like a gray italicized sentence, like from since this article publication, you know, new information has come out, we're retracting the statement and then they'll have like a, um, a reference down at the bottom explaining why. So that's a really good thing they look at, um, which a lot of the, a lot of the bigger like mainstream media companies don't do that very often because they have such a high volume of articles that they push out. And I'm not saying that's like an excuse for them not to, they absolutely should do better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they're pumping out like like companies like Fox and CNN who just like by the minute are putting out new articles, um, they just don't keep up on that. And so you won't see a lot of retracted statements on yeah. news companies like big like CNN and Fox. If it's breaking news, it could, like, if they say it's breaking news, you can, like, technically get information wrong and not yeah. Have yeah. To say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, I don't know the legality of it. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a huge thing. Like, headlines, um, that was the next thing I was going to say. Headlines themselves are a huge indicator for bias. Like, my rule is if you're reading a headline to an article and you get any emotional response from it, it's probably biased. Like you should not be getting an emotional response to a headline. Mm -hmm. It should be a simple statement of what the article is about, not a description on how it's gonna make you feel. Mm. And so that, and that's a huge thing that, um, like a huge red flag to look for and that's measured when you're looking at um, reliability. I mean, and also just like, this one, it seems like a no brainer, but political position. I mean, like if they're, they're saying any opinion, any opinion coming through an article, um, if you can tell what their political stance is, which usually I can read an article and I can tell who the, yeah, what their stance is. Like I can tell who they're voting for. You shouldn't be able to tell who yeah. the writer is voting for. Um, no matter how much the writer wants to tell their viewers what they think and how wrong something is, um, in, in journalism, when reporting the news, an opinion piece is different, you know, a, a, a celebrity tabloid is different, but when it's like, when it's important 
news, especially with politics, with how heated and divided it is now, it's so important to not um, to not display your political stance and journalism. It's yeah, it's tacky. Yeah, <laughs> really tacky. Whenever you're on social media, how how do you kind of control yourself? I guess is a good way to put it. Of like, like how do you educate? people I guess is what I'm trying to say in a nicer way does that make sense when I'm on social media how do I how do I educate people I guess in a in a way that's not going to trigger everyone or trigger one side yeah so first of all like I'm not gonna post about super or I'm not going to share things that I think are are uninformed like if it's not like super backed up by reliable sources, I'm not going to bother with it, which I think is the issue with social media and what it has done, um, is social media has kind of been our default for information now. And, and so (laughs) which is just really dangerous because we're, we're opening, we're now opening our, our community, which used before the digital era was the people that were physically around you. And now you have a window open to your entire life um, and everyone else's entire life, thoughts, feelings, emotions, locations, and everything. So I don't post things that are out there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, If it's not like backed by fact and not something, like a lot of things I post, I feel like are things that most people agree with. They just don't realize it yet. Okay. And they've never had it presented to them in that way. So, and I think that's something that we as people need to focus on more. And so that's something that I live by is I'm not going to post things, even if I do truly believe it down to my core. If it's something that is super um, like disagreed upon by a lot of people and there's a lot of divide over this certain topic, I'm not going to post about it, you know, like, but if it's something that I truly believe that most people to their core agree on they just don't realize it because it doesn't fit on their side um of this political spectrum those are the kinds of things i like to to talk about on social media that's the kind of things i want to have people converse about it's what i want people to talk to me about is are those things that we do agree on because i think so much we focus on what we disagree on when we agree on way more than we actually disagree on and even on yeah I feel like even on the things that we disagree on at like the core of it, there Mm -hmm. are values that we can agree on. Agree on. That's one thing like I interned for Planned Parenthood and that's what Mm -hmm. we talked about a lot is like, I hate saying, I'm going to say anti-choice and pro-choice are, Mm -hmm. I I hate saying pro-life because that's not like. It's inaccurate. Yeah. (laughs) And so like talking about those things, like we both value family at its core. Mm -hmm. Like that's what Mm -hmm. we value because you value keeping a family together. And I do too, just the way that we get there is a little different. Like, obviously that's a very simplified way, but that's, you Mm -hmm. know, at the core, most of the things that we disagree on are because of some of the same values that we have, we just right. are thinking about them in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I, and 
what's difficult. And I don't, I don't, I feel like everyone knows this, but they, they haven't really reflected on it or internalized it as much news that's easily disagreed upon or that creates a lot of division those kind of articles are going to get more clicks it's human nature to go down the road of conflict than to go down the road of agreeance or if we already agree on something why do we need to talk about it yeah oh maybe because it hasn't been solved yet or we haven't done anything with that agreement i don't know um but instead we we click on the articles that we disagree with or the articles that we vehemently and emotionally agree with mm -hmm. um and those are the articles that get those um those views they get the page views they get the clicks they they get the um the ads on those on those articles to make money so like the media companies um where we get our information there's a huge incentive there for them to give us divided information mm -hmm. information that's going to divide us even further because they make more money if you yeah. all agree if we all agree and we all think the same way and um, are getting the same information, what do we need to click on anymore? Mm -hmm. How are they making their money? When it comes down to it, everything comes down to money. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's yeah. so true. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever people are on social media or looking at news articles, what advice do you have for them to try and remain unbiased or know that the articles they're reading are correct, factual and whatnot. Yeah. So on social media, um, I, I, my first recommendation is to stray away from news on social media in general. I know that sounds kind of like a lot, but, um, I, I don't post a lot of news on social media. Like I, I have a lot of, um, like friends and people that I know that that do it every single day, you know, and think uh, it's like their blog of things that they find and they want to post. And I I don't think it's the time or place for it. I think you should consume your information not in a such a public space because you're con you're not only just consuming it but you're reacting to it in a public, very very public manner. And a lot of times our media reactions to things are more emotional and they're 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 visceral they're they're they're, they're gut-wrenching you know and we need time to sit back and digest it um because when we get information that may trigger an emotional response we're gonna need time to really digest that and make sense of it before we go public with our opinions about it like wait a minute like just be affected on your own for a second mm -hmm. and that and that can sound like a like too much to ask but i don't i really don't think that it is i think that we need to just keep the news off social media as much as we can and i don't mean 100 like don't i mean share what you want but it shouldn't be like you're just your daily emotional blog about your reactions to everything happening in the world like yeah. it's it should be your world you know yeah. um that you're that you're talking about like reacting is I mean, that's what you do in like fights or arguments. Like you have to take exactly. your time to react privately Yeah. because if you react yes. right away on your emotions, like it's never going to be a productive conversation. Right. Like emotions are, yeah, yes. emotions are important, obviously. And very good, but it's good for you to know what emotion you're feeling before you just outwardly publicly express yeah. that. Like, 
and I and I I'm saying like publicly like it's absolutely okay to have these emotions and react and you should with like your close community of people mm -hmm. like people that you love near and dear who aren't going to judge you or think of you differently for the way that you react to something and you should absolutely digest and react with the people close to you but mm -hmm. social media is so public it's a it's a window into everyone's personal information mm -hmm. and you need to be I sound like my mom but you need <laughs> to be very like wary on what you and cautious about what you share out there because everyone perceives things differently mm -hmm. um but another thing that to answer your question is like I said earlier headlines if you get an emotional gut response to a headline without reading what's under it don't read it like don't read it <laughs> like just don't just keep scrolling and don't worry about it like it might seem like the most important piece of news you've ever seen but if you're already feeling something from it you're just giving money to the big guys like mm -hmm. you're just giving money to the big corporations at that point like congratulations <laughs> you gave more money to jeff bezos and all the people who own all the giant corporations <laughs> just don't do it like yeah. i don't know that's like my that's my big rule of thumb I won't even open it. I will not engage. I'll skip right through it. That's crazy because um, I've never even thought of that. So now yeah. I'm going to be looking at everything like that. Like imagine like how are you feeling? Like you're reading that, you're like, mm -hmm. and then um, I also like if I see someone post an article and they have an extremely emotional and um, fired response or caption to go with it or something. Like let's say they post something on Facebook or Instagram and it's a very like cut and dry black and white explanation on what happened i'm like oh i don't i don't really know if i want to read that because mm -hmm. if you thought it was so powerful and this is the response that it gave you then maybe i don't want to digest it either yeah or if i do i need to be there and if i do choose to digest it because i'm curious which i mean obviously i do especially like when near and dear friends of mine like post something i'll read it because like that's my best friend like i want to know yeah. what she's reading and what she cares about but i'm also i know that it triggered this response in her and so that news article probably is not as reliable and unbiased as um my friend might have thought or mm -hmm. someone might have thought so that's something that i i definitely think about it's really just about emotional reactions to things which it's a very hard skill to learn. It's not mm -hmm. something that we naturally do, especially on social media when it's a very fast scroll through and you don't have time to think about it. It's aside from social media, but like when you're looking up news or like you heard something that happened, you know, you saw someone post something like a meme on their story about something and you thought it was really funny or it was alarming. Um, I felt this happening a lot during the Black Lives Matter movement, which was a movement I was very passionate about and I and I still am and I, and I, uh, there were there's just that 2020 brought on the meme culture like no other and they brought on news memes and so people would see a meme on twitter or instagram or wherever and they took it as fact and they'd share it like wildfire on instagram and because people use their stories to relay really cool news you know that they find but a lot of that is actually a meme it's a meme that someone put together. They scrapped up a bunch of different information to make a really interesting meme that people would share and they would get a lot of um, money from people clicking and sharing yeah. to their stories. So something that I would do is like when I see something 
or an, an event that happened in the news and I want to learn more about it. But I, the way that I found out about it and it was presented to me was through someone's emotional response to it in a post, through an Instagram post, a Facebook post or a story or whatever, is I would then go look it up. But when I look it up, I look up the opposite reaction to it. Mm -hmm. So I will look up um, news stories that actually debate that, that say the opposite. Um, So I try to find information that disproves whatever they just said. So that's where I start. So I got, and I found that to be really helpful. So then, because my, because a lot, usually my immediate reaction agrees with them, because these are my friends. These are the people that that I love. I share the same morals and values with. That's why they're in my community. And so I usually see a post or something. I agree with it. I'm like, oh God, yeah, I agree. That hurts. And I, instead of going and looking up with the exact same language that was used in that post, I'll look up the opposite language. Um, So I'll try to find things that disprove it. And then I'll work forward from there. So I kind of start backwards. I disprove it first. And then I will find information that is actually kind of in the middle and it's more factual by doing that. So it's like, I can like weed out the, the stuff that's far, like on the far ends of the spectrum and find something that's in the middle and it's unbiased. Um, and that's, that's been really helpful. I feel like I'm really bad at, I'm going to sound awful, but reading other people's opinions because I love my opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so it I can do. Be, yeah. Uh-huh. It can be, hard to do that but yeah especially in um a society that is so divided right now it's like you kind of have to Mm -hmm. understand the other side and how they think that way to get any Mm -hmm. kind of work done or be productive in any way shape or form memes are so funny as a like they great. are a news, like they are a source of how we are now community communicating. Are, yeah. And so looking at them unbiasedly, especially when they're pertaining to news is an interesting yeah. way to think of it. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, those Redditors are just making the meme to see oh, yes, which one's going to go farther. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> meme. Meme culture is so great and one of the best things that's ever happened to me, but also one of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> what are your go-to places to find the news? How do you do that? And like, can you teach us how to go to these sources and all that kind of stuff? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I, I really do use that um, media bias chart by Ad Fontes Media, um, like a Bible. Like I, I will go to that and, and something that people don't realize is that's updated like every month. So Mm -hmm. it changes like one week, you know, your favorite news source could be top center of that chart. And then the next week it could be bottom left or bottom right, you know, it, it, it changes. And so, um, (laughs) the weather channel is a a news source that I is my favorite news source. And (laughs) they're always top center on the media bias chart. I know it's crazy. Like people think the weather channel doesn't report news, but they do. (laughs) And it's more than just the weather. They report on daily events going on in the country and in the entire world. That's so funny because I always saw it on that chart and I was like, why is that included? I didn't know that they actually do. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. They um, actually just report events. It's crazy. It's like <laughs> a, this crazy phenomenon. <laughs> they just report events as they are like a weatherman would. And it's, it's honestly the, my favorite um, news source, but I, I also really like um, Axios. Um, it's A-X-I-O-S, I believe. believe. Um, it's a smaller news media company, but they usually do pretty well. However, I have the they kind of gained a lot of momentum during this past election like towards the end of the election because they were deemed a very reliable source mm -hmm. and there's kind of a movement of people who started to care about where they read their information from and i started noticing that they had a little bit more bias and they're mm -hmm. they are currently slipping on that chart a little bit um so i'm taking that into account and i've i've kind of stopped reading them as much um lately until they can make better improvements, but I really do like their news um, usually, um, but I can tell when something's a little bit biased. Um, you can tell that they've grown a lot really fast and they're starting to realize they can make a lot of money, money. on their um, articles, which I mean, I don't know, how, how can you really blame them? You know, money yeah. is money and it's what pays the bills and puts food on the table. So they had an opportunity they were really small and they grew and gained a lot of momentum in a very short amount of time and so i, I worry that they're gonna head down the same path as all the other media companies but for the most part i really like them yeah um there's really it kind of i try to digest a lot of news so like like if i read an article on cnn i'll go read an article on fox mm -hmm. and then i kind of formulate an opinion in the middle um, I was going to actually ask about that. I was going to ask if you go to CNN and then Fox to yeah, like, yeah. So like, that's something that I'll do. Like I will, I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta say CNN's reporting is usually so much better, but they're a lot sneakier about their bias. Whereas Fox is like in your face. This is how I feel. Um, so it's really easy with Fox to recognize the bias because they're straight up telling you how they think about something. Mm -hmm. um, whereas CNN will report it more subtly. Like they're, yeah. they're the ones that use the adjectives. They use the, they sneak in the image that's not actually from that event and they do the more sneaky kind of stuff that you wouldn't really mm -hmm. notice. Um, so I try to, I try to read both sides. Um, it's really hard to, to find a, a media yeah. that is, reliable so i'm having a hard time answering your question besides the but weather channel <laughs> i like the weather chat honestly i'm gonna probably down weather channel, the weather channel you yeah. can't go wrong with the weather channel um all the other ones <laughs> just digest them all don't digest information from one side i think there's people who like you know think that the new york times is gospel and it's not it's yeah not. you should read you know, things from the other side as well and formulate your opinion because there's going to be truths. So I was going to ask about how do you feel about Facebook and Twitter does it now too? Instagram, I don't really think does it. They do more of like, if you post about COVID, they have the link that goes to like the CDC mm -hmm. website, website, but Facebook mm -hmm. outwardly says like, this is a, this is, been deemed false information or whatever. What do you feel about that? What are your thoughts on companies doing well, that? My first thought is 
you know, they can do whatever the hell they want. It's their platform. If they want to do that, that's totally on them. That's totally, that's whatever. I do not think that it's going to help anything. I think that it's only going to fuel the fire and make things worse. I also, when, <laughs> I, I wish that they would use bias as their measurement instead. So what I would like to see, like if I was Mark Zuckerberg, I would not do fact checks on every mm -hmm. post. I would do a bias rating. Like how biased is this article? Like, is this, um, article i mean there's tools out there to rate that but they currently use i think it's politifact to fact check all the posts which is a fact checking source not a bias source it's not a reliability source it's a fact checking source which in a world where there is no absolute truth to anything and um truth is now a subjective kind of measure mm -hmm. I, I think that I think it's reckless of them. I think it's kind of silly. I mean, it's just, they could be way more effective. I understand what their intention is. I understand what their goal is. They want to stop the, mis the spread of misinformation, but you also have to, un they also need to understand that being able to, and giving people the freedom to spread misinformation if they wish is important in stopping it too. As long as they're aware of the bias that's going into that misinformation that they're mm -hmm. spreading because to them it doesn't matter if you put a politifact false statement on it it they don't care because it's truth to them they don't yeah. care if facebook thinks it's false it's truth to them and so for facebook to do that i think it's the wrong move on them from a business perspective i wouldn't do it um but I understand their intentions. I just think there's a better way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very fair. Like putting the bias on there would be mm. way more effective than right. because false news and facts and whatever have become buzzwords for people to use. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that's not mm -hmm. helpful. It's not like fact and truth. You're so right. It's a buzzword. They're not, yep. um, they're not an objective thing anymore. Um, with social media, we, we have a, it's a giant mass communication platform. So mm -hmm. where it used to be mass communication platforms were better used for concerts and emergencies and yeah. important public announcements. Now it's everyone has the ability to make a mass communication whenever they want yeah and so whereas mass communication before was used for either entertainment or for truths for collective truths it's not used for that anymore and so we kind of have to shift our shift the way that we um we receive and collect information and i i just because it's so hard too because you know the person behind facebook and i'm just like <laughs> like alien yeah i'm just like i feel like i just don't trust no. ever what you're saying so why would i trust yeah. this check that you put in place right it's yeah exactly and it's hard and it doesn't matter what side you're on and i i think right now it obviously i mean there's there's it's i mean it's pretty that most of the Facebook facts are left. I mean, 
people on the left side agree with it, mm-hmm. whereas people on the right side don't. And so right now, 50% of the population is all okay with it. Yeah. Whereas when the tables are turned, that 50% isn't going to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And so if they are going to continue doing this, there's going to be a point in time where the other side's also going to be wrong. Yeah. And then have to check them. And then you just lost your entire platform. Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Um, but I guess like something new will come along. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there will be, but that's well, what I we see have happening new there. Social media platforms that people have made with yeah, no. True. Yeah. Yeah. One of my rules of thumb, I guess, is I try to consume more local news than I do national news. I think again with like social media, there's that like mass communication, which means also you're getting communication like from a much larger like geographic but local news like Mm -hmm. if you think about it they're not going to post unbiased things as often as the big major media outlets will Mm -hmm. because local news has a much smaller audience and so and their smaller audience if they only speak to one side of it they just lost half their audience so they have to speak unbiased and just report and so like local news is so, is so important. And I think that, um, I think we need to start digesting our information at a local level. Yeah. Cause the big major media companies, they can afford to speak to 50% of the population because mm-hmm. that's still a shit ton of people in their audience. Yeah. Whereas local news stations, if they only speak to one side, they're losing half of their entire pop- possible audience. Like yeah. There's only, there's a cap on how many people a local news station can reach. And if they're speaking to only half of them, they just lost half of their money. Yeah. So local news stations are usually so much more reliable because of that. And so I try to get a lot of my news locally. Um, like I watch local news a lot. Yeah. And I, I read more local articles and responses to events, um, national and local. Yeah. Local. I think it's just like supporting small business, like. Exactly. Yeah. Because also their partnerships or their advertisements are not big corporations, like national exactly. co- corporations. Yeah. So it's like already you're putting more money into the community, but also you're focusing on what, because I think a lot of the times when we consume bigger news, it's like, how do we help the situation or how is this productive? Like, it's good to know events and obviously things Mm -hmm. like that but like when it's local news it's like you can have more of an impact on do something about it what you're learning and it doesn't have to be you know bias or whatever it could just be like you know I want to help my community oh they just did this story about this homeless shelter that just opened up I could go there and then it's like just staying more local affecting your community better in a more productive way Yes, definitely. And I think like with social media and like that big mass communication outlet, we are consuming, most of our news that we consume is at a national level. It's, it's so high level that we can't even, it's hard for us to even grasp it. Mm -hmm. And so we attempt it. And that's why we get such emotional responses because we feel powerless. Like we're Mm -hmm. helpless. We can't actually really do something about it. And so what do we do about it? We post about it. Yeah. What are we actually doing when we post about it? giving the big corporation <laughs> we're giving them money we're make we're fueling the fire and making it worse so yeah. if you focus more on local news and what's actually going on in your community the things that those 
the smaller issues that the, that big issue funnels down to in your community, um, you can actually do something about it and you're getting accurate, unbiased information. And yeah. we, we totally need to focus more on what's happening in your community. Like yeah. if you see something like that, like an event that happened, you're probably better served off to go Google the local news network where that <laughs> happened and read that article yeah. or watch that news video what happened instead of like opening up this, what happened, what CNN reported happened or what Fox reported happened. Like go look at that at the local level because they're going to, they're going to portray it in a way that's not just to make money. Yeah. And also I feel like a lot of businesses too, like not even news businesses are trying to report stuff too. Mm -hmm. And companies, PR departments have become news stations in their mm -hmm. own kind of way, which is backwards. Just yeah. Any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because totally then it's reason. also becoming a thing of like, are you, do you actually believe in the statements and the things that you're putting out? Or are you just doing that to exactly. appeal to the exactly. public mm -hmm. to get that following? Are you saying, Black Lives Matter and that, but what are you doing behind the scenes? Right. Yeah. You can make, I mean, it's just like when people, and I know I did this and I struggled with it, but like, just like when people posted the black square, yes, you know, exactly. yeah. that's great activism, getting that voice out. But what are you doing behind the scenes for that? Like, I mean, there've been right. tweets being like, I saw you posted a black square now where are you whenever yeah. like actual yeah. exactly. things are happening? And it's not just that, obviously right. there's things on every mm -hmm. argument ever, but mm -hmm. that's how I feel like most companies are becoming like, oh, uh, we know if we say Donald Trump is trash, the Gen Z will come over to exactly. us. Yeah. And there's, it's like, you know, everything comes down, everything comes down to money, money. and it's just follow the money and you'll find the truth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love learning about this because <laughs> it's something that I know that I fall short of, like not being all do. I mean, emotional. <laughs> I do too. I mean, me too. I mean, we're all guilty of it. And I think it's just something that we have to just keep getting better at as like a collective whole. Like it's yeah. only, I mean, yes, like I, I, like you, you and I will sit and we'll, we'll talk about this and we'll think about, or we'll digest our news a little bit differently, but this is not something that like people don't talk about this a lot yeah. like, and people don't think about that. Like it's, it's not um, a very common thing. And I think that people do need to start thinking about it. It doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you're on. Like you should be, you should want to care about yeah the bias and, and the stuff that you're consuming yeah and I think it's also like you know information informational gatekeeping and all that kind of stuff like not in a like outright sense I guess but more of like people consume news through social media or whatever and it's because that's easily accessible that's what's in front of them that's what right. is getting put on their timelines and mm -hmm. like we we so casually talk about daily events because we see them in little snippets and little mm -hmm. you know little tweets like we get information in, in tiny 120 character amounts and so but then we go around and casually speak about them like they're fact 
And so having, being able to, to, when you actually do know, like you are a subject matter expert, like, no, I actually did my research. Like I know this shit and I'm going to share it with you guys. Cause I know this shit. And I didn't yeah. actually like just read it in a 120 character tweet, you know, yeah. or whatever it is, 140. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Twitter. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like knowing bias, I feel like can be such a gatekeep thing because they want to keep mm -hmm. it that way because that's how they get their clicks, make their money, whatever. Yeah. But it's like having these conversations. That's why I really want to talk to you because it's something that I don't totally know everything about, but it's something that can be educated on even yeah. in like the simplest terms of being like, Hey, look at this. Somebody compiled all this information to make it an easy, accessible chart to look right. at the information that you're reading and look at and decide if that's something you want to believe is a truth or, you know, absolutely whatever. So, mm -hmm. wow. Thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. Uh, so tell people where to follow you, all that fun stuff or whatever you want to tell them, you know? Um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me, Sienna McLean at Insta on Instagram. Um, I do have a Twitter. I don't use it. I use Twitter to like consume. I don't use it to like Post. just out at all. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Oh yeah. McLean. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Of course. I know that wasn't really much of an ending, but that is the end of our episode this week. And I hope that you guys all enjoyed Sienna and go follow her, keep up with her. And, you know, um, she recommended like the news channel as a source. And I've actually downloaded on my phone since recording this episode. And it is really great. It's a really cool source of news. So I hope that she got, she gave you guys some helpful tips and tricks to look over media bias and how to find good sources that are non-biased and things like that. And I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. I really want to try to make more educational pieces um, in the politics kind of light because it is a lot of gatekeeping in that community and that's not fair to anyone. So I hope if anything, this just provided you a little nugget of information on media bias that's a little more easy to I digest and understandable so make sure to follow me at loudmouth pod on instagram um you can follow my personal page at mad underscore hadler follow me on patreon loudmouth pod email me loudmouthpod1 at gmail.com and give me any topics that you would want me to cover about politics or educationally that you want me to talk about yeah so follow me on there i love you guys have a good week Bye.